Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. See trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. New theme Thursday. That's when Patrick plays uh, particular jams that uh, highlight what the new theme of the day will be. Harge and I are supposed to gather clues and hints from those songs, and that lead us to the feature of uh, the theme of the day. And today it is, it is uh, Earth Day, right? Earth Day. Earth Day, Earth which Day is, is coming Saturday. up Saturday. Yes. yes, Earth Day will be this weekend officially, but that is the new theme of New Theme Thursday. So all the songs uh, really highlight or at least are very uh, complimentary of our all of our mothers. All of our mother. She's all of our mothers. All right? Yes, uh, Our mother. Mother Earth. Mother So if Earth. somebody comes up to you on Saturday and is like, hey, man, how's your mother doing? Then... I'll no be ready. Don't don't fight them right don't away. Don't fight them. Be like, no. why? Come you tra- how you know? Ask me about my mom. Somebody's like, how, why are you trashing your mama? Yeah, or your mother? Yeah, there you go. Mother Earth may be uh, the mother they're referring okay. to. Uh, so yeah, Happy Earth Day uh, coming up this weekend. That's what the new theme of the day is. Yes, and Happy 420. We know today is 420, uh, but 420 comes from the Earth. All natural. It's a beautiful thing. It's from the earth, man. <laughs> it's from the earth, so all natural, <laughs> so it comes full circle. Uh, you can always be a part of the show. Spec Text Lines, the best way to do it, 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. And I'm at Rod Davis in the Twitterverse. We will discuss and review the NBA playoffs uh, in this segment. Next segment, Rod, throughout the day, uh, we'll go behind the burn orange curtain. I continue to look at the Texas uh, football team, specifically the offense and what the offensive identity may be for Texas and I have a suggestion uh, and Rod around the day and we'll get to that coming up a little bit later on uh, also just a uh, quick reminder a couple of things that we can tease for the folks out there uh, coming up uh, since we're a week away from the NFL draft officially uh, we're going to be out and about amongst the people uh, we're going to be splitting up all the crews now we're going to start our draft day coverage on Thursday from the Pluckers Link location yep. and after that we're going to split uh, split up and all of the different horn on our personalities will be at different pluckers around the city. I will be at the South Lamar pluckers. Harge, you're going to be at I'm going to stay at the link. You're going to stay at the I'm link. I'm going to stay at the link, hanging out. Uh, Patrick, where are you going? I believe I will be on Rio Grande on, down the campus. Boom. There you go. All right. So that's where Ball Don't Lie is going to be. But everybody, be uh, Bucky. Uh, actually, not Bucky. Aaron. Aaron <laughs> <laughs> uh, will be out there. Be Chad out. will be out there. Zay will be out there. Yeah. So uh, we'll give you some more details about that as we uh, get closer to draft day. But we're starting out at the link location uh, for that Pluckers. And then we're going to spread out to uh, I'm going to be at South Lamar. Man Hart's going to stay at the link location. And Patch will be at the campus location for the Pluckers. All right. Also, another tease. Tomorrow. Uh, Hard, you got a very special guest joining us tomorrow. That's right. We're gonna have. That's right. We're gonna have Roshan Johnson, the former quarterback turned running back, and now 
NFL hopeful will be joining us at 4.30. He's going to talk about his time on the 40 acres, what's ex- what his expectation is for the draft, but of course he's going to be promoting a camp that he and Fozzie Whitaker will be doing this weekend. Uh, beautiful thing. This weekend, yeah. Uh, it's going to be on Earth Day, I think. That's right. It's going to be on Earth Day. <laughs> and imagine uh, Fozzie and Roshan <laughs> on Earth Day. I was like, they're going to teach a lesson to the young kids about Earth Day. That's, That's a beautiful right. thing. Uh, so yeah, we know that everybody out there is celebrating 420, so happy 420 to those out there those out there who are celebrating the unofficial holiday, uh, but also uh, we're celebrating Earth Day in our new theme of the day. All right, let's talk NBA playoffs, gentlemen, because it's the gift that just keeps on giving because every round of games seems like we have a random, salacious, TMZ-worthy story uh, to go along with it, and uh, the NBA like I said, it really doesn't disappoint when it comes to these salacious headlines. We remember the DeMar DeRozan's daughter, that became a headline for a while. Mm-hmm. The Rudy Gobert punch uh, to his own teammate. E40 getting kicked out of the game. Russell Westbrook arguing with fans. Uh, Draymond Green going full on Draymond uh, and getting ejected from the game, but also now getting suspended from the game tonight between the Suns and the Clippers. And we'll talk about that. Also, other big news in that game uh, Kawhi Leonard. He's also going to be out. Out. He's going to be out. So that's that's huge. Uh, yep. So uh, we'll get into uh, that that game tonight uh, with the Suns and the Clippers. But Draymond Green, he's suspended for their game tonight. Uh, we'll get into uh, previewing a lot of those matchups. But anyway, getting back to the uh, Lakers' loss last night, one hundred three to ninety three uh, in Memphis. That wasn't the end. Of the drama, uh, even though the Lakers uh, disappointing loss for them because uh, no Brandon Clark, no Stephen Adams, no John Morant for the Memphis Grizzlies, so they were severely undermanned. But they came out with a lot of intensity and found a way to get the win. And after the game, Dylan Brooks, who by the way ha- has been talking trash really all season long, he's been talking Maybe trash most is. of his career. That is who he is. But he's been talking trash to LeBron since before the series even started. Before the series started, he threw out there, and you, you mentioned this, I think, briefly, Harge, on the show, that uh, he actually wanted to meet LeBron in the playoffs. His quote was, quote, I wouldn't mind playing LeBron in a seven-game series. Um, and he said, uh, also, he went on to say, um, basically, the legacy is there. First time back in the playoffs. Knock him out right away in the first round. It'll test us good. They got good pieces, good players, and it'll be a good first-round matchup for us. Mm-hmm. That was before the series started. All right, that's before the series started. Now we're two games in after game two. After Dylan Brooks and the Memphis Grizzlies found a way to get the win. Here is what Dylan Brooks had to say <laughs> after the game when he was asked about a little trash talk that took place in the game between he and LeBron. There are some people. Lakers are making that run. Lakers are making get it to fourteen. You and LeBron have that exchange. There are people out there that say maybe maybe you shouldn't do that with one of the better players in the game. What, I guess what what were you thinking? I don't care. He's old. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's I was waiting for that. I was expecting him to do that game four, game five. He wanted to say something when I got my fourth foul. Um, he should have been saying that earlier on. Um, but, you know, I poke bears. Um... I don't respect no one until they come and give me 40. Um, so um, I pride myself on, you know, what I do is defense and taking on any challenge that's on the board. 
Okay, for those who don't know, the the moment the reporter is referring to is in the third quarter. Uh, Dylan Brooks got his fourth foul. After that fourth foul, he and LeBron James start talking some trash to each other. And at this time, Memphis is up 66-48, to 48, so the game's actually not really even close. But the Lakers were essentially motivated by at least LeBron James and the Lakers were motivated by that jawing back and forth. Lakers went on a 17-3 run at that point to cut a 20-point gap to 69 to 63 and LeBron James had eight points he had he had 12 points total in the entire game at the point where they started talking trash to each other in the third quarter when Dylan Brooks got his fourth foul then he went on to score eight points in the rest of that quarter ended up with 20 to start the fourth ended up with eight more points in the fourth quarter so ended with 28 and, of course, yeah, most of those ended up coming after he and Dylan Brooks ended up getting into it. So we assumed uh, LeBron James was uh, had a little extra motivation, even though the game seemed to be out of hand for most of the game because the Lakers simply just got outplayed, period. And Dylan Brooks was just part of that. He was not the biggest factor in them outplaying the Lakers, but he was part of it. It was a team effort by them. And, yeah, uh, Dylan Brooks is basically daring hard. He's daring LeBron James to score 40 on the next game. Yeah. He's daring to put up 40. And like I was saying earlier today, I sit here and I look at this type of nonsense by Dylan Brooks talking about he's old. I mean, we all know he's old, but he is one of the highest scoring old people in the league. He has just become the all-time leader in points scored in the NBA. But he's also one of those guys that will – he don't talk a lot of trash. LeBron doesn't. He, does not. he just goes out there and plays. But this was the separator for me. This is I want to see what he does the very next game because – Michael Jordan and everybody wants to have this debate on who's the greatest and who's, you know, where does he rank and how they match up and what if they'd have played against each other, that whole thing. But as I sit here and I look at this today, you would not say that to MJ. You wouldn't even try to motivate, poke that. I poke bears. I poke bears. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want to poke, you poke that MJ. One. You end up like Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> exactly. End up like Leonardo DiCaprio in the Revenant. Exactly. You end up getting mashed. That's on. why yeah. I'm sitting here and I'm waiting to see what LeBron does in the game. Even though he's not a trash talker and that's not who he is, people are already. Eh, it's LeBron. He's not going to do anything. He's going to put up his points, but he's not that guy. I want him to be that guy. This is your opportunity to be that guy. To put yourself in a whole different category. Not only do you have a chance to do that, you get a chance to do it at home. Mm, you get strange. to do it in front of your yeah. home crowd. And if anybody's going to have your back, this is the time for you to have your back. So I'm I'm interested in that strictly because you want to see the response. I definitely want to see response. the response, and you don't want it to be a meek one. I do not. You don't want him to get a triple double. Like, no. no, no. He wants you to. He said he basically challenged you to score forty. Yeah, and we not only know. does he did that, but he's also basically calling you just another guy. He's calling you a jack. Yeah, and we all know LeBron can score 40 whenever at he wants ease. to. But ease. can you get the win and score forty? Ooh, like yeah. that's the thing. I want can, the dub and the forty. I don't care I about the 40. Just talk about the playoffs. I yeah. want both. I want hearts. I want both, though. I look, want, look, don't you I, want to see I want to be no, petty right I now. I don't want Dylan Brooks to be ignored no. because you can't be a scrub and be on TV. You know why no one said this to Michael Jordan? Because they wouldn't have put him on TV in the 90s. <laughs> in the 90s, they would have been like, why are we in your locker room? 
Right. Y'all ain't Very real. That's that's y'all ain't competitors. True. But we're in the Kardashian true. era. Where I get that. But that's what I'm saying. Well, I'm falling into the trap. Exactly. They got me in the trap. Yeah. yeah, I don't care if he scores for it. I just want him to win the series. And look, I don't want to root for the Lakers. I don't like the Lakers. But that's how <laughs> unlikable Memphis is. They are villains. They, but they're, they're not even villains. They because embraced the villain. They're like the first villain in the movie, the one who dies 10 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the one that works for the real villains? Yeah, because they're, the, they're the first round villains. I like How that. many conference champions have they played for? Zero. They've never been there. They went. They won one playoff series, and they talk like this. I ain't worried about no one in the West. Really? Because so, you should point. be. If you're, Maybe you'd be better if you did. <laughs> so if you're comparing the Memphis Grizzlies to all the greatest Batman villains, you're saying they'd be like way down the totem pole with like Poison Ivy and like <laughs> Mr. No, they're, they're, they're Bane they're from the one with Poison Ivy. No, no. That was, oh, come on. They got to come on. Give more Wait a minute. Wasn't Mr. Freeze, Jamie Foxx? Or no, that was Arnold Schwarzenegger. That was Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. Mr. Freeze. That was in the uh, oh, yeah, the, the Val Kilmer Batman yeah, one? Is yeah, that a yeah, George uh, Clooney one? That was a George, George Clooney. Clooney one. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I, that's a great point, though, about they probably don't deserve to be villains yet. But and I, I love what you said, though. Back in the 80s or back in the 90s when the NBA was more of a grown man's league, an enforcer's league, Instigators like this, and when we said about Draymond yesterday, he's not an enforcer; he's an instigator. Yeah. This is this is yeah. a generation of instigators. He's an instigator, but I'll I'll admit I'm, I'm siding with Harge on this one. And you're right, Patrick. I was say you are right, and you're that's probably where LeBron's going to go. He says he takes the high road. Matter of fact, we have sound of LeBron yeah. in this situation, kind of. We always, I always say that you know, past actions and past behavior is the best predictor of future behavior. So, based on past behavior, you even said it too hard. So LeBron doesn't talk a lot of trash. Chances are he's just gonna go out there, and make all the right basketball decisions, <sighs> and make sure his team gets the dub and have a solid stat line. I, I'm, I'm petty. I'm, I'm getting like Zay on this one. I, I, I'm getting petty watching all these NBA stories. We watched CP3 uh, and the Suns win a game in CP3. Did he give a shoulder bump to yes. Kawhi Leonard in yes. the in the, in the handshake line? He's out with the knee. He's out with the knee injury. I, I got to say, I think the NBA. I think Adam Silver was watching that women's national title game and thought the same thing I thought between Al and LSU. He was like, "This is not even a good game." Yet the nation is captivated by these ladies because of how petty it has gotten. And now the trash talk. He's like, "Guys, I need it every damn round. Yep. That, every round of games, I need trash talk. I need you guys to get a little bit petty. Yep. Isn't it especially petty this year?" It is. A lot of trash, a lot of petty going on. I, in this but year I think there's playoffs. always been petty. I think the problem is more and more people are brazen to not be winners and be petty. That's, like it used to be, you had to earn the right to trash talk. Because if you did it otherwise, your coach would bench you. Your coach would be like, no, 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 you're not putting locker room material for the. Like, if a coach did that, how quick would they be benched and be like, oh, he doesn't speak for the rest of us, Mr. MJ. Don't worry, Mr. Jordan. He doesn't speak for us. <laughs> But they, like now you can't do that to players because then you're you're being you're harsh and it's yeah. like the one of the yeah. reasons like Dejounte Murray didn't like Pop was because the reason Stephen Jackson doesn't like Pop is because he's like no man he doesn't know how we play and you're like yeah he wins championships though y'all aren't winning championships without a guy like this yeah so when you let somebody run their mouth and get themselves and check and write checks that they can't cash you don't win championships that way and and the reason that the Warriors win championships. It's because they have Steph Curry. And Clay Thompson. No, no. They have Steph Curry because Clay Thompson and Draymond Green talk a lot of trash. They do talk a lot of trash. And Steph Curry backs it up. He does. Because Steph Curry can put up 60 in any game he wants to. He can. And those other guys are really good. But if you don't have Steph Curry, you you don't talk that. Both those guys are – like Draymond Green's not in the league right now if he doesn't have Steph Curry. 
No, I agree with it. I'm just saying from an entertainment standpoint. All in. I agree with Harch. I want to be in. entertained. Like, this is about entertainment. <laughs> Basketball is an, inter- you're an entertainment product. Not yep. that Adam Silver understands that. That's why you got all this painless. You're an entertainment product. And I, I agree with Harch to the aspect of, if you're LeBron James, and I the, the, the narrative about you is that basically you're, you're soft. That you're softer than MJ. That's one of the knocks as to why you'll never catch MJ. Go out there and put... This dude in his place. Exactly. And if I, he I is agree a scrub. With, yes. I agree with you about Patrick's right. Patrick, Patrick yep, is right. Yep. And matter of fact, we'll, we'll hear from LeBron James about trash talk here in a second. But this is this is about trying to 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 surpass the GOAT, MJ, yep. all right, in his legacy. And then we have discussion all the time. This is an Ouroboros. This is a snake eating its own tail. We always have discussion about LeBron James and MJ. It's probably the most highly debated sports topic in, in history of sports at this point. Um, but I do think mm-hmm. it would help his legacy if he goes out there, scores 40, and gets the dub. And he doesn't even have to talk trash. He can take the high road again. And everybody else will trash talk for him and go, see, Yes, He's the, that's what MJ would have done. Yeah. Oh man, that's what MJ would. MJ, MJ would have dunked and looked MJ at him in the did. face and yeah. be like, "Oh, you wanted all this smoke, so I'm gonna give yeah. it all to you." And my team is about to win. To Patrick's point, and we shut you down. Yeah. You got to get both though, because Patrick's right. You yep. get the you, he gets the forty and not the dub. Not the dub. Then, then it's, you got, it's a clown show. Yep. You know what I mean? Because now he's got under your skin. No, he's and, got then, under. and then you're Russell Westbrook. Well, then yep. he, no, then you're but then Dylan Brooks actually won because yes. Young 40 lost you the game. Yes. Because yes. he's like, that's what I wanted. I want him trying to yeah, go. I, mean, I got it's, the win. Yeah, it's, it's all about productivity. <laughs> and your, yeah. If, now, he's shooting over 60% against Dylan Brooks. So if he's shooting over 60% and puts up 40 or 50, then they're, they're winning that game because you're shooting 60%, you win every game, right? You don't lose when you shoot that productive as right. a team. Right, right. Uh, but I mean, I, I think in, in in LA he easily could. I don't know if he does it if he tries to do it in Game Three because I think Game Three you're really trying to get Anthony Davis back going again. Mm-hmm. I think you're trying to get Daniel Russell because again for LeBron James he doesn't care about this round. He's trying to win a championship, and champions don't. They're like we just got to win this first round. We got to get our guys going. We need to get a flow going, and the second round is gonna be a little tougher. But we're worried about the last two rounds, so we're gonna try and get to those last two rounds. And I get the fun of it. And if he puts up 50, if he puts up 50, because 40 again, that LeBron can put up 40. We saw the game where he yeah. uh, set the all-time scoring record. And remember, if you watch that game, it was like he wasn't putting up the points and he wasn't. You were kind of wondering about it. Russell Westbrook tried to make the show about him and he started mm-hmm. shooting a lot. And then all of a sudden, LeBron was just like, oh, I'm going to go hit it now. And all of a sudden, he just took the game over. Yep. I think we could see that if they win game three and it goes to game four and especially if the Lakers are just out playing and we still don't have a John Morant and they're just and they're going, I think we could see LeBron at the end of that game just be like, all right, let's go put on a show. But I think that comes, I think you have to be up for him to do it. I don't know if it's in a close game. He even registers, oh, I'm going to go be the guy to win it. I think it's more of like, oh, for up by five or ten, I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to score every possession. This mm. is one of my favorites. A lion doesn't prove itself to be a threat. You already know that a lion is a threat. And that's LeBron. He calls himself the king, right? Everybody knows that he can go out there and destroy him. But to your point, Patrick, you're right. He needs to win, but I want all of it. I want all, like you said, I want all the petty. I want him to score 40. I I want him to dunk on old boy. I I want him to stare him down. And then when he goes to the microphone and they say, it looked like Dylan Brooks had you motivated. And he goes, Dylan who? Yeah. That's what I want. No, no, I'll tell you what a I'll lion say. doesn't concern I'm himself with the opinion if, of sheep. If sheep. 
Uh, no, that's true. And I'll tell yep. you what he'll say. He'll go, Dylan Brooks is a good young defender. You know, he plays a good game out there, and we just tried to go win our game and play our game. Yeah, that's like, what I can I tell want. you what he's going to say. Because he knows how to do it. But I um, want that smirk, though. That, I want that smirk. As a matter of laugh. fact, when, yeah. when, they were, <laughs> when they were down 3 1 in the uh, 2016 NBA Finals, I believe it was, right? Going to that year, they were down 3 1. Um, Clay Thompson famously, I believe, said something that he considered disrespectful was tra- talking trash. Uh, Patrick has the audio. Here's LeBron. I believe this. Cut kind of sums up what LeBron's take is going to be about Dylan Brooks's trash talk. Over on the left side, Bill Bill Livingston, plane dealer. LeBron, when the Warriors were up here, there was some talk about what trash talk about what crosses the line and what doesn't. Clay Thompson said, "I guess he just got his feelings hurt." You talked about being a prideful guy, and that some comments Draymond made. Would you discuss that whole issue of what's fair and not fair on the court? What happened? What Clay said? Yeah, and what crosses the line? No, I'm not. What did you say Clay said? Clay said, I guess he just got his feelings hurt. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I believe the transcript will support that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm not going to comment on on what Clay said because I know where it can go from this sit-in. Um... (laughs) It's so hard to take the high road. I've been doing it for 13 years. It's so hard to continue to do it, and I'm going to do it again. Um, at the end of the day, we got to go out. we got to show up and, and play better tomorrow night. Um, and if we don't, then they're going to they're gonna be uh, back-to-back champions. And, um, you know, and that's it. But uh, I'm taking the high road again. I think that's probably what he's going to do, Harch. He's well, going to take the high road. Well, somebody, going to disappoint you and me. Somebody so just, takes Patrick's route, the well, high road. Well, somebody already said, of course he takes the high road. It's 420. Amen. <laughs> well done there, Texan. Way to bring it the back Texas, full circle here. All the way back, Way to baby. bring it back full that's circle right. there. Uh, yeah, so the Lakers take uh, the loss, but, uh, man, uh, what a what a dramatic end. Uh, not the actual game, but a dramatic finish with the Dylan Brooks interview with the WWE style promo. You I see love the, it. The out Oh wearing. my gosh. He's got a chain. He's got the glasses. Oh, he's got a chain that says DB. Yeah. Oh, it says Dylan Brooks. Oh, man. Yeah. No, he's got his initials on the chain. He, I mean, he's basically NWO in this thing. I was just I about him, to say. But you, know, you remember when the NWO had all those guys that no one knew their name? <laughs> that's what he's doing. <laughs> I do remember that period. Yeah. That's, that's I checked out on him. Yeah. Uh, that right. was D-Generation X. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's Stevie Ray in there. <laughs> uh, the Disco Inferno was in the NWO. <laughs> there. But, now, the best point you made, Patrick, was that in, in, in the kind of uh, old school era of the NBA, Kind of when we grew up watching it, the '80s and the '90s, there were there were Dylan Brooks of the world, but they never those comments they made, they never made the headlines, they never made the front page of the sports page because nobody cared what they had to say. Right, we are in the Kardashian era. Listen, uh, the the famous quote from Andy Warhol: "Everybody's gonna get their 15 minutes of fame." It is true. That's yep. what social media is all about. So, in the Kardashian era that we live in, Dylan Brooks can make himself a star. We actually got to give Dylan Brooks more credit. Because would Dylan Brooks even be discussed if Dylan Brooks didn't discuss Dylan Brooks so much? Oh, my goodness. Dylan Brooks has made Dylan Brooks more valuable than anybody ever thought Dylan Brooks would be. Man, 
I love the right? fact that he's talking. He's, he's, he's Kardashian, this thing. This was Kardashian. They talked about themselves so much. They they made themselves celebrities. He walked in with no shirt sex on. No sex tape. Though. He walked in. He might have one. Dylan Brooks looks like he might have made a couple of them. <laughs> Dylan Brooks looks like Dylan Brooks likes Dylan Brooks, like you said. He likes Dylan Brooks. He does. He walks in, no shirt on. All he's got on is a chain. He might go out there and cut an album right after the game. He. Wow. He needs to be on Draymond's podcast. Yeah. They need to be on together. Yeah. Can we have a podcast with him and Draymond and Pat Beverly and lock exactly. him in a room and I don't ever have to listen to either of them again? Exactly. Yeah. That's uh, right now. He, I, I think he ha- he wants to be the the top trash talker in the league. And, yeah. And whether he's he should, a- you know, what he should want to do. Win basketball games. <laughs> they won last night. Nope. They won. They split at home, and he's talking trash. And he they, is split talking home. they split at home. They split at home. Against a team that was not supposed to be in the playoffs. I know. But we all admit that was a hell of a win with being without three of your it, top guys. It was no because Durant, no of Xavier Adams. Tillman and Jaron Jackson Jr. Because of those two men, because the rest of the team, and Dylan Brooks hit some good shots. That's it. He's the seventh or eighth most valuable player on that team that night, and he walked in the locker room like he's the king. Hey, villains. He's a villain. Hey, that's all you got to do. Villains play, create play your role. Villains create conflict. Conflict creates storylines. Storylines. And, hey, and like a James front Bond villain. Footage. Like a James Bond villain that gets killed before the opening credits. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if LeBron James and the LA Lakers can beat him. If they don't, how about this? This will severely hurt LeBron James' legacy. Oh, yeah. It will. If they don't win this series now, especially with no John Morant there. Yeah. It will. It, it, this legacy takes a huge hit. Yep. So there it is, LeBron. If you want motivation, this is legacy stuff. It is. Because you lose this damn series, people start looking at you sideways and going, all right, you know what? Why are we having the MJ LeBron debate? Even, are we even wasting our so. time? Yeah. It's a waste of time. Let's stop having a debate. It's dead. It's MJ's. I like it. So I, I think this is actually kind of an important series, especially first round. That's it. You can't lose in the first round because you're a, you're a championship, but you're a championship or a bust point in your career. If you, when you don't win a title, LeBron, I don't give a damn if you make it to the conference championship. Nobody cares about that anymore. Nope. Right? Nope. I agree. I agree with you 100% on that. All right. So uh, we'll come back. We'll get into Rod's round of the day. Uh, we'll get into in a, uh, sorry, actually talking Texas football. We'll go behind the burn orange curtain. I'll tell you why I think the uh, Texas football team needs to pursue this ideology offensively at least a little bit, and I think it may help them out tremendously. We'll talk about that on the side right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to put on I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, oh you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie and Rod's rant of the day. I want to talk a little Texas football. Uh, you guys know that one of my obsessions uh, throughout the last, I don't know, 10 years or so has been positionless football. I've been talking about it for like the last 10 years. It's become a more popular term, which is good. But I was saying 10 years ago, it's, it's going to be the future of football. Future of football will be positionless football if they can, if, you know, the, the, the football theory all right, catches up to the actual game whenever that happens because it was more football theory back then. But since we've seen even teams in the NFL now um, start to embark on positionless football, the best positionless football offense in the NFL on, uh, is Shanahan's offense, Kyle Shanahan offense, which obviously one of my close friends is where I started to kind of piece together this theory about positionless football and 
he has been working on it forever. And now with the 49ers, he has been able to really construct his Frankenstein monster of multiplicity and multifunctionality and multidimensional uh, amalgamation. Right of of a malleable machinery. That's basically what he's constructed there. He's got Kyle Juszczyk, which is not even a real fullback. He's more of a, a fullback slash tailback slash tight end. He's got Kittle. Now he's got Christian McCaffrey, and he's got Debo Samuel. He's got the most versatile offensive weaponry in all of the NFL. And, but he's been. It took him a while to, to hand pick all those pieces, and all of them are very unique. He has the most the most uh, unique and multiple offense in the league. But it's taken him a while. Taking him a few years to do it. And I've been telling you guys that Dan Quinn on the defensive side, he actually and and I don't know if him and Shannon were working on this when they were together in Atlanta, but he first started uh, experimenting with positionless football on defense with guys like Devondre Campbell's now with the Packers. He started doing that back in 2016. He started experimenting with positional football on defense. And I don't think it's a coincidence. Now with the Cowboys, he has the most versatile defense and, and most positionless football defense with the Michael Parsons, but also plays more three safety personnel packages on defense and, and sub packages than any other defense in the NFL with that three-headed monster at safety. And he has guys like you know Keanu Neal he's had on that defense who are hybrid players, drafted guys like Sam Williams, who's kind of a hybrid player. Uh, so he likes that versatility as well on the defensive side of the ball. And we'll see if in the draft he pursues that even more. My theory is that he will. And I don't think it's coincidence that both of those guys, Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan, were in Atlanta. And then right after Shanahan leaves, I don't think it's a coincidence that Sark was there. And Sark has now had, since he's become the head coach here at Texas, the two coaches he's had in for his clinics, his coaching clinics, have been Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan. Hmm. Those have been his two. Now it could just be his time spent there. Or it could good be, friends, good friends. Could, they are good friends. Or it could be that maybe he's embarking on a new philosophy, a new ideology off, uh, offensively, or maybe a, a team building in terms of building a roster uh, construction. Maybe how he's going to build this team could be a new way uh, to, to get an advantage or gain an advantage schematically or philosophically for Sark. And Sark has already admitted he looks to recreate his offense every year based on the, you know, based on the weaponry, based on the skills, the strengths of the, the, the roster that he has. So, like I said, it's just, just my theory. I'm just putting some stuff together. I do know, I do have a source that told me that positionless football is something Sark is interested in. Now, is he going to pursue it? Is he ever going to use the actual term positionless football? He hints at it all the time with Savion Red and even with Jay Witt. And even when he was talking about uh, having Kyle Shanahan do the uh, the coaches cleaning, he hints at it, but he will never drop the term. It is probably because he doesn't want me to have too much satisfaction on this show because he knows I would probably take my shirt off and celebrate. But uh, I You think said the shirt, so that's I said cool. The shirt. He's changed it up. I my like man, it. Mark I like Henry, it. I, I would not, right. I'm not going to disrespect Mark Henry <laughs> and say take another stuff. I won't do that. But I, I do think that if you start looking at you know, the weapons that Sark has. I don't know if he can major in positionless football on offense like Kyle Shanahan because, like I said, it took him a while handpicking all of these different weapons, elite weapons uh, with, you know, with extreme hybridism within their skill set. I don't know if he can do that. But he does have some of those pieces where he can minor in positionless football and it can really give him an advantage. Because, you know, one thing you know, man, my man Shano believes in is that, you know, all defenses, and he's right about this, all defenses are, are essentially they're binded by these rules. 
All right, there, there are rules to every defense, and every defender has to abide and operate by these rules because those rules keep the structural integrity of the defense intact. All right, now there are certain formations, personnel packages, um, there are certain uh, cheat codes and force multipliers that you can use to force a defense to reveal what those rules that bind the structural integrity of the defense are. And once you, as an offensive mind, figure out what those rules are, you can violate them habitually over and over again until you force the defense to really change the rules of the defense. And when they do that, it will leave them vulnerable elsewhere. That's really how his offensive mind works and where it all starts. And that's why positionless football is so important and why it's so lethal because it, in its, by definition, it violates the, almost every rule <laughs> that, that binds a, the instructional integrity of a defense. It, it, it connects it. It really does. Cause, and this is what, how Texas can just minor in it. Not major in it, just minor in it. Because you're talking about, you know, you want flexibility, uh, position fluidity. And just take a guy like Jay Witt. I was watching, I was actually watching The Matrix the other day. Got really deep into it. And I know a lot of you out there don't care about The Matrix. That's his character in The Matrix. He's called the Keymaker. Uh, I won't spoil it for you. Spoiler alert. Uh, the Keymaker is a computer program that basically can create shortcut commands that give you their cheat codes that are represented by keys that basically give you access to every level of the matrix matrix. So I won't get too nerdy there for you. But Jay Witt to me kind of represents the key maker for the Longhorn offense, right? He can give you access to multiple personnel packages and formations just by his presence alone, essentially making your offense a, a Rubik's cube. Right? With, with 43 quintillion different combinations and numerations that the defense will have to figure out down to down. Take a package like, let's go with a Savion Red at running back package, JT Sanders at tight end. Right? That's 11 personnel, basically. Jay Witt, X-Men, A.D. Mitchell at your, your three wide receivers. You can go from 11 personnel to 21 personnel with one shift. Just taking Jay Witt and shift him into the backfield, and you, you already went from 11 personnel to 21 personnel. All the rules of the defense have changed. Everything changes. The strength, the weakness of the defense changes. Who's got coverage responsibility? All that changes instantly with one shift. And the panic. The and panic, the panic sets in. Because they got to do it in yep. like three or four seconds before yep. they snap the damn ball. Before they snap the or ball. Or call a timeout. Yep. Like, coach, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Right. Who do I got? Who do I got? Right. And you can go shift that and back and forth. Take another package. Say you got a Keelan Robinson saving right in the backfield. That's two running backs and JT at tight end. You never take JT Sanders off the field. Even though we said, you know, I, he, he's one of your best players. So every package will have a JT mm-hmm. Sanders in there. So you're going to be always with that one tight end. But you can go 21, Keelan Robinson saving on red in the backfield at running back, JT at tight end, and Jay Wade and X-Men at wide receiver. That's 21 personnel. But you can go 21 to 11 seamlessly by just motioning Savion Red to the slot. And then, oh, he had a, you had a linebacker on him because you thought he was in the backfield as a running back? Yeah. Sorry. Split now the scene. Yeah, now exactly. Yeah. Now that linebacker's got to match up with mm-hmm. Savion Red. Split oh, the scene. Oh, good luck with that. Good luck with that. And by the way, if the linebacker does shift out, we can still hand it off because we might have the numbers advantage because you guys freaked out. All right? And you can go, hell, you can go from 21 to 11 to 31 personnel. Put Jay Witt in the backfield too. Or put JT, JT Sanders in the backfield. You can go 31 with Jay Witt in the backfield or go 30 with, with, with JT in the backfield. you got four different personnel packages out of one. Call it your flex. Call it your amoeba, your hybrid, your whatever you want to call it, the package. 
And, hell, you can even do it with your regular running back. Say Jay Brooks at running back, JT Sanders at tight end. That's 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, X-Man, A.D. Mitchell, Jay Witt at wide receiver. You go from 11 personnel to 21 with just Jay Witt simply shifting into the backfield. You can go from 11 to 20 with JT, just him simply shifting into the backfield. All right? And you can always go spread those guys out with a four-wide package with the tight end or with Jay Witt. And you can do this with, like I said, Jay Brooks is our traditional running back, but you got Keelan Robinson, you got Jay Witt, you got JT Sanders, and you got Savion Red. You got four positionless football pieces that allow your offense to be malleable down to down, but within the down. Specific packages. I'm not saying major in this. I'm saying minor in it. Mm-hmm. We're, talking, we're talking 15, 20% of play, something like that, maybe. All right. And I think it gives you a huge advantage. So I know it's something he's interested in. It's something that uh, he's been exposed to because Dan Quinn was doing it. Shano majors in it. Um, He brought both of those guys back for coaching clinics. I have a source saying, yep, he's definitely interested in it. He probably won't reveal too much because he doesn't want opponents to know what that offense is going to look like. Gives them a huge advantage, especially when you got Bama early on in the season. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, the, the more... I mean, if you start looking at it, the more malleable you are um, and the more versatile you are. Remember, he said, what's their biggest strength this year offensively? Versatility. He, he doesn't want to say it, but he's hinting at it. So I think he will. I think this year I'm ready to do, make a black strong prediction that you will see more versions of positionless football. Like I said, it might be speed, 10%, maybe 12%, but I think you'll see it. He's too... Immersed in it, the the, uh, the 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 breadcrumbs all seem to be leading to him at least exploring some version of this, even if he's not going to, like I said, jump in wholeheartedly and pursue it. Right. But it can be. I'm telling you, you can gain so many advantages, and not a lot of teams around the country have access to these types of athletes, and Texas does. So we'll see. Uh, Texas that, has a. They have yeah. access to a lot of great athletes. Yeah, and Jay Witt, Jay Witt has hinted, and even in the post after the spring game, he hinted that he wants to be moved around and used and put in the backfield. Last year, I counted one snap with Jay Witt in the backfield. I counted uh, like two snaps with X Men. I think they lined him up in the backfield and ran a route. You know, that's that's a, like I said, that's not even minor in positions football. That's just uh, conceptually. Like using some of the positionless football ideas, um, but like I said, I think he needs to dabble more in it, and I do think he's got the roster to do it. The Savion Red experiment was part of that, right? And that that is part uh, that's been part of that thought process too. So hopefully that is the case. All right, we come back. We got off the record. This is what uh, <laughs> this is what Adrian Peterson uh, says really changed his mind about us attending the University of Texas. We'll play that audio when we come back right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful night. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. This actually fits. New theme Thursday also fits 420. Yeah, um, see, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to mix the yeah, best of all worlds. I like that. Uh, the new theme for New Theme Thursday is uh, Earth Day. Uh, Earth Day will be Saturday this weekend, so that's the new theme of today. But, of course, we understand it is 420, so happy 420 to everybody out there. But please respect our mother. And by our mother, I mean Mother Earth. That's what Earth Day is all about, baby. So uh, appreciate our man Patrick mm-hmm. broadening our horizons a little bit. Also, this uh, audio will broaden your horizons. So it's uh, been thrown out there um, a lot 
for, among Longhorn fans throughout the years. Um, the Adrian Peterson story as to why Adrian Peterson, who was a, you know, he was apparently he was a big Texas fan growing up. And why he decided to go to Texas' most hated rival, Oklahoma. Um, my man CB uh, sent us a couple of uh, stories about this. But Adrian Peterson, he was being inducted into the, is, is he Texas, uh, a college football Hall of Fame? Um, it was some Hall of it's Fame. It's the Texas Football Hall of Fame. Texas Football Hall of Fame, okay. Or yeah. Texas Sports Hall of Fame. Texas, Texas Sports yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah, Thank Texas you Sports very much, Patrick. Yes, he was being inducted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. And he decided to reveal uh, to the audience the reason uh, why he decided to go to Oklahoma and not to Texas, here is Adrian Peterson. Coach Stoops, he called me yesterday. He called me yesterday. He called me, talked about 10 minutes, and uh, he was telling me he wasn't going to be able to make it, but gave me the congratulations. Now, I know there's a lot of Longhorns and Aggies in here and, and Bears, and they like, I'll, the number one question I get is, why did you go to Oklahoma? Why did you leave the state? And I tell him, I said, listen, I remember going to, like when Priest, my uncle played with Priest and Ricky and those guys. They, they were cold. I remember going to watch them play, and I remember sitting outside of the stadium, waiting for my uncle to come out. And I'm looking. I'm like, I'll be back here one day. Like I was Texas all the way. But for the people that find themselves being mad at me about going to Oklahoma, this is what I'll say: If you're going to be mad at anybody, be mad at Coach Mac Brown. <laughs> and this is why I say that. I sat in Coach Brown's office, and I asked him the same thing I asked everyone else. Coach Stoops, will I have the opportunity to, to come in and compete? Yeah, sure. Pete Carroll, will I have the opportunity to come in and compete for the starting job if I come? Yeah. Nick Saban, can I have the opportunity? Matt Brown, if I come here, will I have the opportunity to come in and, and you know compete for the starting job? He was like, well, Adrian, you know. I'm not going to lie to you, you know, Cedric Benson, you know, he's coming, he decided to come back for his senior year, so, you know, we're going to be loyal to him, and we're going to let him ride it out, but, you know, after that, you know, you can compete for it. I said, okay. I appreciate it. And that was it. I never told him that I wasn't coming. I never told him that I wasn't coming, but that made my, that was the decisions that I made based off of that. Um, so... You guys can share that story just in case. Or the people that didn't know, now you know. And you can share the story. All right, there you go. Um, I appreciate Mac being honest. You know, because honestly, recruiting, I would say recruiting is kind of like a, it's not a must-lie situation. It's not like telling somebody they have an ugly baby. Nobody with an ugly baby knows they have an ugly baby. When Adrian Peterson asks you, oh, is he going to have a chance to play when you come to a school? You go, yeah, you always going to have a chance <clears throat> to play. Mm-hmm. Don't mean you're going to play. You have a chance to play. Uh, I appreciate Mike Brown just being honest. He said, now said B's the guy. After said B's gone, it, you, you'll have a, a chance to play. Yeah. Uh, but Texas still won a national title, so it's all good. Yeah, exactly. And, and he ended up not winning one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So every once in a while, you got to be humbled. Um, I possibly would have taken it as I'm going to come here and compete. You know, you didn't tell me I had a shot, but I'm going to make it very uncomfortable for you because of the way that I'm going to go out there and play. Look, everybody has their reasons for not going there. I wish that he would be like, you know, I made the best decision for me. Mac made the best decision for him. And we all did OK in our life. Yeah, I played with his kinfolk who right. was referring to big uh, – we called him Big Screw. His name was Chris Smith. He was a tight end uh, from Palestine. So, yeah, it it, it should have happened. But uh, I think Texas probably in Matt and Colt's career there, 
you have Adrian Peterson early on, right? Yeah, for the, yeah, yeah. Right, you'd had him for that what the early part of that potential that Colts career. Yeah, you had him right as a veteran, as like, a vet, like a vet. Yeah. Not sure how many years he's there, but that'd have been that'd been pretty nice. Texas yeah. was okay though. Texas was still Texas running. did okay. Texas was still running back you even without Adrian Peterson going to it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty impressive. Adrian Peterson did okay for himself too. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right, we come back. We'll get into some NFL news, notes, and nuggets. The C.J. Stroud slander continues. We'll try to dissect it and find out what the source of it is. And also, should the Houston Texans trade for Trey Lance? We'll discuss all of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful, not a horn.